Welcome to another episode of Light This and Light That, the GlowCo podcast with your host, Nikki Page. I'm a writer, a lawyer, an inspirational influencer, a keynote speaker, and a board-certified coach. I help women bring their light to life and produce quality content that vibrates on the faith frequency. This is the podcast for believers and baddies, women who are bad because they believe, the ladies in the place with style and grace, you fly girls who are living in the light and walking by faith. This is the community for around the way girls who are unashamed of the gospel. So whether it's current events, pop culture, praise reports, or personal testimony, we address it all from the angle of the light. All right, so we're live. Hello, everybody. It's Nikki, creator of The Glow Code, and I am here with my sister, my soror, my fellow coach, and I need, I, I'm going to throw it up too. She is a relationship coach, an inspirational speaker, and a trainer. You guys, I implore you and encourage you now to follow her at Carmen Connect You. And, you know, she was wise enough to have the same one across all social media. So you can find her at that handle on Facebook, Instagram, um, and Twitter. And you can find her site at www.carmencaldwell.com. That's it. That's All it. right. So I'm going to read to you Carmen's bio, and then we're going to talk a few minutes about, you know, the glow code and what she's grateful for, what she loves, what she's optimistic about, and her word of wisdom. And then we're going to talk about her specialty and why she's here today to talk about relationships and love power. So um, this is going to be a great conversation. And you know, I'm so happy that you guys are here for episode four of Light This and Light That, the Glow Code podcast, where we talk about a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and we do it all from the angle of the light. So here is the background on Carmen. Carmen Caldwell is a coach, a speaker, a trainer, as well as a licensed, excuse me, as well as a licensed and ordained minister. So when she talk about the relationship, she's going to give you like the real, real, not just some yeah. old information that people just pulling out the air she's going to give you like a foundational take if you yes come through (laughs) exactly her goal is to help women and men activate their hashtag love power to show up fully and connect in relationship with god self and others so that they can experience joy and fulfillment in life and love child Child. Where was you last year? <laughs> mm, well, I guess I should say this year because 2019 tried it in life and Did love. It. Okay? okay, okay. But she's still here. That's right. I was home. just about to say, come on now. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start our agenda. Um, let me see if I can put this up on the screen. I think I pretty much already did the welcome, so I'll I'll skip that because I feel like I did that. Let me remove that for a second, and we're gonna talk about um, your background. So if you just want to yeah. share a little bit about you know where you're from, who you are, how you ended yeah. up you know in ministry and in coaching and, and this specific niche of coaching, just a little bit of background about Carmen. 
Yeah, so real quick, the quick and dirty. I'm originally from Albany, Georgia. And if you're from there, you have to say it like that. Albany. Not, not Albany? Not Albany. No, those okay, are New York New people. York. <laughs> yeah, no, we from Albany, down South Georgia. Born and raised, lived most of my life there. And then took a um, job up in Seattle, Washington with the EPA. And that's where I started. Actually, I feel like I grew into myself. I, that's why I say I grew up. I was about 22 years old, and I feel like I grew up out there. And that's where I got the call to ministry, was under an amazing um, man and woman of God um, there in Seattle that really nurtured my faith and nurtured my growth. And also in my work there, that's where I got started doing internal consulting and coaching and started thinking, I really like this. I love the impact that I get to make. And um it really aligned with some of the gifts that God had given me from teaching and speaking and just being able to really connect with people. And so, um, yeah, did that and then moved back to Georgia now about 12 years ago. So um, helped to plant a church where my father is the pastor there and served as youth pastor there for about 11 years and then stepped down from that. Still working with the youth ministry, but no longer the youth pastor there. So that's the quick and dirty version of, you know, kind of how I got here. The relationship piece started really from what was showing up in my coaching, what was showing up in conversations with other women. Um, and then when you understand how we show up in relationships, you realize that it's so much broader than me and my boo thing, that there's some stuff that we bring, like how we get, how we love ourselves, right? When we look in the mirror and what that, what, what we get back from that, how that shows up in the relationship with our boo thing. And then even before we get there, who are we and how do we see God and how do we think God sees us? That shows up in how we even reflect who we are. And so that's why it's kind of this connection of God, self and others, because all of that intertwines to show up how we show up in any relationship, whether it be with yourself, whether it be with friends, family, and of course, that love relationship. Absolutely. We're going to get back to that because yes. <laughs> getting that first love right. Could keep you from yes. having a whole lot of issues with you the other one. Took some of us about sure. forty years to figure that out, but for know, sure, better late for than sure. never. I That's suppose. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, for uh, sure. So that that was our background, and so now we're just going to go into our quick glow code questions. Yeah, so I want to know in this moment right now of your life, what is Carmen grateful for? I am most grateful for flexibility, um, not. To to be God is allowing me and afforded me the opportunity to be even more um, strategic in setting my own schedule, uh, being able to honor more time with Him. Um, yeah, honor commitments I have throughout the community that I'm able to serve. But I'm I'm grateful that He's given me in this season the ability to really design my life in the way that works best for me. Amen. I I concur in that. Like I. When I started my legal career, I was working in the Bronx County District Attorney's Office in New York City. And when I look back now, I don't even, they have to hire people in their 20s to do that job. Well, I look at it now and I can't even, I, 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 don't know, I don't know how I did it. We worked nights, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. We worked weekends, we worked holidays. It was like constant and you didn't have control over your schedule. Whereas now I work at a firm where I'm, with the exception of court dates, if a trial is set for a certain day, I have to show up at the time mm -hmm. the trial is set. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I can kind of show up at 11 in the office if I want to. Today, I left nice. at 2. I kind of have my own kind of flexibility, and it really makes a difference in your quality of life. Um, 
just having that flexibility. So that's a good one. Nobody has ever yeah. said that one before, but that's, <laughs> amen. I'm so thankful for it. <laughs> and so this will be one that we probably talk about a little more because I know you're here to talk about love power. But mm -hmm. just um, in this moment, what are you loving? What are you in love with? You know, what are your thoughts on love? It could be a person, a place, a thing, abstract, a concept, whatever. What does Carmen love right now? Yeah, I love, um, I have to say, I am in love absolutely with my boyfriend. Um, just the, the, the way our relationship has evolved and formed, um, the words of wisdom and encouragement that he pours into me, I absolutely love. It's um, funny that you asked this question. And the reason I think it's fresh on my mind is because I was going through like some old stuff and I came across a, um, so he's now 44. And so I came across some things that we, back, we had, um, I think, you know, when you do a birthday and I wrote all the, like all the, like the top 40 things that I love about you kind of thing. And so I just come across that. So I think that's why, that, why he's fresh on my mind, but um, I'm also just in love with me. Like it took me a long time to be able to stand in the mirror and look out to out myself and love me um, even naked, like loving me and knowing that everything ain't in the place that I wanted to necessarily be in, but being able to like, um, take the time out to really like care for my body and um, love my body as is, as I continue to develop it to be more of the body I want. But it, I, I am in a place where I'm just like, girl, you, the, you, you it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I just, I, I, I often hear women getting to that point around our age. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. why does it take so long like what it what does. how would my life have been different if i had gotten this at 30 or right. 25 28 you right know? but again with the better late than never but yeah I and we can't stress now. it because now that we understand it and know it i think you know we have an exponential and because now we even appreciate even more where we are i think um there's even greater gratitude around that so yeah i, I had to release that and be like you know i'm not gonna shoulda coulda woulda i'm here now exactly all right, we did gratitude, we did love. Oh, I didn't mean to put that back up there. Mm -hmm. Okay, next, optimism. What is Carmen optimistic about for your future personally or for your community yeah. or your business, however you um, want to discuss your optimism? Yeah, I'm most optimistic right now about um, where my um, faith is headed, I should say. Like um, I have, I'm in a place where I feel more connected and grounded. Um, I've done a lot over the last two years. I've been a part of a women's coaching program. So I believe that coaches should have coaches. Um, so I, you know, cause we only can grow and take our clients to the level that we can grow and, and go in as well. And so I um, have been really feeding my spirit, but feeding the gifts that I have. And um, I, I'm optimistic now about where I am in my faith and how that will then is already launching my business um, in, in ways and opportunities, more confidence um, in talking about what I do and with um, some of my businesses online, but a lot of what I do is offline actually. And so having those conversations in rooms with people to discuss what I bring to the table, um, I'm optimistic about my future in business and in life. Yeah. All right. We're on to the last you know, yeah. letter in our acronym here at the Glow Code. And we want to know, and this is probably, again, going to be a running theme throughout the conversation, but <laughs> um, 
your words of wisdom uh, for women? Yeah, my what comes to mind first is, you know, I, I preach, teach and talk about love power um, and that's simply your ability to show up fully and connect in relationships. So the, the key component that for that is showing up fully. And so, you know, sometimes we have these preconceived notions about what we should be and how we should show up and what's the right thing to do and the right way we're supposed to show up in certain venues. And I want to say own all of you, um, you know, check the stuff that you know that may that you may be a little rough around the edges, get critique, get feedback from people you know and trust, but also embrace who you really are. Embrace, be aware too of the gifts that God is placing you and, and be aware how they show up and then go and like bombard this world with your greatness because we need it. We need it more than ever. I like that. Bombard this world with your greatness. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, we got the required courses out of the way so now we can get it elective questions so you mentioned that you um helped to found a church with your father and that you were youth minister um at that church for some time and you i know have a master's in divinity yourself um so i'm just wondering um if you could just talk a little bit about your spiritual journey of like how you where you started and and how yeah. you got to where you are now and you, you just mentioned how your faith is is growing where you see yourself um growing in faith yeah so i i've been born and raised in the church um went, went to church pretty much all my life and um i initially you know just um i in my so this was probably about 13 i gave my life to christ so it was i was actually 13 and i gave my life to christ and um, but I had no foundation of how to apply God's word. And I think a lot of times we come to a knowledge of, of and my faith is in Jesus Christ. We come to a knowledge of Jesus and who he is as our Lord and Savior. But how do you apply principles and the wisdom from biblical texts to your life? And um, I always make the joke my mom would say, you know, oh, everything you need is in the Bible. And I'm like, mm -mm, I don't see it. Like, I'm trying to find it. Like, I don't see it because I didn't understand. I didn't have the the understanding how to run, come to the text in a way to, to receive what I needed from it. But also it just wasn't that kind of teaching. I wasn't in that kind of church. And um, it wasn't until I moved to Seattle, actually, and got a shout out to Tabernacle um, in Seattle and understood relationship more. So it was no more the do's and don'ts. It was like this relationship. And then how do I take that and apply it to my life? And then later, and honestly, I'll say in the last maybe five years, just learning about how to be consistent in the spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting and journaling and reading and taking time for quiet and silence. And it took me a long time, like like uh, three years to really get like consistent, more consistent uh, with my morning meditation time. And even then, even this year has been refining that even more because I, I know the power that I get from it. So um, part of that spiritual journey for me has been understanding one, how I take the biblical, and this is what I love to teach, how you take principles from the Bible and apply them to your life, but then, and then see the manifestation of that because God word doesn't return voice. So when you do that, it's going to come back and manifest everything for which it was sent to do. But then also, how do I implement the spiritual disciplines so that I can see that manifestation? And I had gotten kind of fed up with folks around me getting everything they prayed for, blessings raining down. And I'm like, I'm your child too. 
But I realized I had not been faithful in some things that I know God had called me to do as far as setting aside dedicated time and, and, and practicing those spiritual disciplines that really will increase our level of connection with God and thus increasing our level of faith and what we see show up in our lives. You just gonna come in here and preach though. Oh, sorry. I know it comes out, it slips out. You can't help yourself. Huh? I can't, I can't. I try. And so I let it go because that's a part of me showing up fully. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I, I totally agree with you. Um similarly, I you know, you know, you grow up in church and it's just just have faith, just believe, just believe, but we don't really have a deep understanding of belief. We think believe just means like. I'm going to just close my eyes and think really, really, really hard. And it's like, no, there's behavior and belief are inextricably bound. I shouldn't have to ask what you should, what you believe. I Mm -hmm. should be able to look at you and know what you believe based on your walk, based on how Mm -hmm. I see your behavior. And so as I've grown, I've kind of um, come to understand the importance of that element of application myself of how to, okay, it's good to memorize scripture. That's good. But like, let's good, better, best. Let's do the best. Let's right. apply um, yeah. scripture. So I think that's- let's get out the milk know, and really start important. eating some meat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Okay. So now I think- I think really We're warmed up now. I got some questions too, because child, child, let me tell you, the relationship battlefield has been the battlefield of your girl's life. Okay. Okay. School, check. Got that done. Um, professional check got that done accomplishments check got that done relationship so many women child so many women so many of my clients okay yeah yeah (laughs) struggle okay so let's see what do we got um i wanted to ask you about love power how do you describe that and how how does that work as far as like application in our lives Sure. So it is your ability to show up fully and connect in relationships, God, self and others. And then from that, you'll experience joy and fulfillment in life and love. So that's it. The power piece actually in physics, the definition of power is work over time. And so it is meaning you're being intentional about how you show up and the, the source of how we show up is God and God is love. And so our source in showing up uh, fully comes first from our relationship with God, like who God is, who God has designed us to be, understanding that, accepting that. And then of course, our relationship with ourselves. And so that peace and how it's applied is, again, when I talked about spiritual disciplines, they're disciplines within love power. So when I talk about your relationship with God, it is the prayer time, your journaling time, um, those things, relationship with yourself, it's the affirmations, it's writing out your gratitude journal. It is understanding what gifts you bring to the table and being um, very clear about who you are, your, your, your values. Um, I talk a lot about values-based relationships. And so understanding that, so you show up in that way, even with family and friends, are you spending time with family and friends? Are you um, allowing them to pour into your life to, to, to help you be better? You know, taking criticism. And I, I tell people, you don't, everybody's critique doesn't matter. It's it's those people that you know, who care about you, you, whose voice you trust. And then it's the relationship with, um, you know, how you show up in your community. Are you serving in your community? Are you involved in any way? Those also are are disciplines within love power. 
And of course, the discipline of your relationship. What are you doing to, to form your relationship? If you're not in a relationship, what are you doing to set yourself up to, to um, be open for love, open for a relationship? And if you are in one, what are you doing to make that relationship a priority to um, not only be thinking about self, but also the other person in that relationship? So there's different uh, practices and disciplines within the love power scope that I talk about to support you in the re these, these relationships. See, you are, you anticipated um, something that I was going to talk about because this okay. figure out this configuration, how I want this to look. Do I want it to look like, eh, I think I like this one better. What is a values-based relationship? That um, I was uh, looking at your site and that was um, something that came up. So you yeah. kind of talked about it a little bit, but um, yeah. just to reiterate, um, sure. kind of like how can we um, make sure that we have one of those values? Right. So it's, it's based on whatever your core values are. And because a lot of times we say opposites attract and that does happen as it relates to personality. But at the end of the day, what's gonna keep your relationship strong and keep you at the foundation that you will have very similar values. And so there's a um, over 200 kind of words of values that I share with clients. And we go through the process of narrowing that down to a list of no more than 10 out of those 200 of what you think are the important top 10 values within your life, within your relationship, what do you stand on? And these are your like things that are, you're not compromising on how you show up in these areas. And oftentimes it's about being aware of how you show up. Some people don't even realize that these are values. And for me, like my top ones are faith, are freedom, and then fun. Like I, like those three, if I don't see that kind of stuff in what I'm doing, then I, I feel myself off kilter a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm a little off because I'm not walking within my values. And so in relationships, um, you're having conversations with people to, um, to test where their values are. You're not going to sit down with a guy and say, well, let's see, let's go through this list. I mean, you could, but I don't advise it. Of, you know, let's, we, let's see your top 10 values, but they're going to show up in conversation. And a lot of times we don't know how to talk to one another. Uh, we don't know how to have conversations. Uh, what I see from a lot of women in particularly really, uh, women who are really educated, high in profession, um, really driven women, is they got this checklist of questions and they're like, Look, let me ask you this and let me ask you that. And I'm like, there's a way to get those same questions answered through a conversation and him not feeling like he's getting um, you know, interrogated. And the problem with that is when we have that checklist, it um, we're we're standing in judgment, right? And so nobody wants to feel judged like, okay, did I get like 15 out of her 20 questions? Or, you know what I mean? It, it's just, it, there's other ways we can approach that. And so values-based relationship is about connecting with people that have similar values that you do, and then seeing if a relationship blossoms from there. You know what? You know, when <laughs> when you're sitting in church and it's feel like every time you go to sermon is about you and you like... <laughs> If my house bugs or something, like, how you know my issue? Girl, let me tell you. I'm out here single in these streets again. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm, I was on the internets, which, whew, slim picking, okay? Yeah. So, it, 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 I, yeah. I met somebody, and he's nice, and he accused me, and, and part of this is my profession, I think, also kind of plays into me being like cross-examining mm -hmm. a person instead of having a conversation and okay when i when you say it the way you say it i get how i probably sounded crazy but like i'm like okay how many kids you got 
how many baby mothers um have you ever been convicted of a crime how many and he was just like yo like you are bugging like what yeah uh, and i was like wait so for me it was just kind of like i wasn't looking at it as like an accusatory standing in judgment kind of thing i'm just like okay these are the preliminary questions i'd rather just know now let's do that and get it out the way and then we can move on that's how i'm thinking about it from like mm-hmm. my legal strategic like this is the checklist I would give a client when they come right. in to hire me as an attorney. Okay, fill out mm-hmm. the boxes, tell me all of your prior convictions, tell me this, tell me this, tell me that, and then I can give you the best advice. So <laughs> I feel like I was taking that approach and that's not right. what I should have been doing in a conversation. No, and I mean, to ask, if he has kids, of course, you want to ask that question, but to like do the speed round of questioning, <laughs> you know, the brother is like, what? Am I here for a date or am I here for an interview? And and we and we use terms like that, you know, um, you know, I'm interviewing for a man and that kind of stuff, and not understanding really that that when we say that, that how that comes across. Yeah. Um, he was like, I feel like you profiling me like you work for the FBI. And I was like, oh, no, yeah, not really, yeah. But... <laughs> not really, All but right. yeah. <laughs> and that does when you say it's like you're standing in judgment, I'm like, ooh, I feel convicted hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm you coaching me, girl. <laughs> together. <laughs> and it's also interesting what you talked about how like a lot of times you don't even really need to ask those questions because people can tell you anything. It's mm-hmm. about the same way we talked about like your behavior should speak of what you believe. The way just in observing a man and the things that he does or doesn't do should kind of communicate to you what his values are. Yeah. Like, and if you just telling you. Yeah. And if you're having conversations about like um, current events, things that are happening in the news and his perspective on it, you start to get clear about where he stands on certain issues, what values he has. Maybe you're talking about a situation with um, family and, you know, he's like, you know, bump that. I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even care if my sister did this or I wouldn't. You're like, oh, oh, like that gives you some insight into his connection to family and whether or not that's an important thing to him. And I tell people, you know, out of this list of 10, you want to have about five to seven where you're feeling really solid that you all are on the same page. And as the relationship blossom and grows, definitely continue to have those conversations around it so you can get more clarity, you know, about where they stand and where their values. And I think once you get to a place, you can like whip out the values list and kind of say, these are, these are my core values. And uh, these are, this is why it's important to me. This is how it shows up in my life. This is why you see me. Another core value I have is service. So this is why you see me in a lot of community activities, because this is important to me that I feel like as a part, part of my community, I have a responsibility as a citizen to show up in whatever way I can to serve others in my community. Right. So he would understand like, okay, well, she's going to be involved in, in, in community activities, not overly involved, you know, to the point where I don't have any time for the relationship, but understand that that will be one of my priorities that I bring to relationship, social justice. That's going to be, I'm, I'm going to be over that. So understanding that about me and then seeing where we align on that. Yeah. All right. Well, I was um, on your Instagram and you had this, this kind of a similar um, kind of theme. Um, let me see if I can put it. <laughs> oh, here we go. I like that way. Yeah. Um, so you had this post and you were like, lady, there's a difference between having standards and having him jump through hoops. This isn't a circus. And I was like, yeah. ooh. Yeah. Again, the pastor calling me out. <laughs> uh, so, what do you mean? Well, I know what you mean by that, but like, yeah. how do we 
especially us high functioning women who, you know, are experienced at executing. That is mm-hmm. what we do and that's what we've been trained to do. How do we um, check ourselves when we're becoming like the ringmaster and we're not at the circus? Yeah, one, if you're doing most of the talking and you feel yourself setting a lot of demands, two, most men will tell you, like, you know, they'll, you, they'll get quiet because um, when men are, the way we communicate, so here's the thing, men are not a, a male version of our girlfriends. So oftentimes we have conversations with men, like they're our girlfriends and we get chatty and we talk a whole lot and, and compound a lot of thoughts over each other that way. Men are like, they like simple, like let's do one thing at a time, kind of more, um, uh, how should I say, methodical in the way the conversation goes. They don't like stack questions because it feels like too much sometimes. And so when you feel that going on or they'll tell you like, man, you shooting out all these questions or I feel like I'm being judged by you. Um, you also know this <laughs> when you feel like kind of your demands aren't being like you're feeling like your demands aren't being met. And it's just an opportunity for you to, you may be right. And, or your standards, if you will, are not being met. And you may be right that this isn't the relationship for you. This isn't the guy for you, but it's an opportunity to check yourself and see if you're being overly, uh, if you want him to jump through too many hoops. Um, for instance, you know, we, we talk a lot about money and income that comes up a lot. And so asking yourself, you know, does he need to make more than you or he needs to, um, or let me, let me give a different example because that one actually relates to some other things, but um, you know, he needs to be able to, um, I need a man to, he should know what I like. I shouldn't have to ask him, you know, to buy me flowers. I shouldn't have to ask him to, um, you know, I don't know, open my door or whatever. And those are things we think we just should. And, and to be honest, I agree to a certain degree that, there are certain protocols, certain gentleman activities that men should just know how to do. But the problem is we have a generation of men who are our age who often were raised with fathers in the house. So it wasn't modeled for them. And they really honestly may not know to the degree that we think they should know. Um, and there are certain social norms, especially if he's not in the same um, education class as you, because we know black women, as black women, we have the highest, I mean, we the smartest women out the box on folks, right? And so we have the highest level of education. So he may not be in certain circles and know certain social norms, and you're knocking him for knowing something that he's never experienced. And so you want him to jump through these hoops instead of saying, this is important to me, or this is something I like. I like flowers, these kind of flowers. Can you get me those? And it feels so unromantic to ask for what you want. But if that's what you want, you ask for it. And then it's his opportunity to then fulfill that request. And if he doesn't, then you're like, okay, now I told, I told him and be clear, don't hint. I like tulips. Like those are my favorite flowers. Right. And so um, being clear with that, with him versus trying to get him to figure it out and guess. And well, he should know I have tulips all around my house all the time. He should know that. He should be more observant. That's not, we, we want men to think like women and they don't. Right. So you picked up right where I was going to go because um, we talked about, you know, a lot of your um, clientele um, is professional women who, mm-hmm. you know, are educated, highly educated, advanced degrees, accomplished. Um, and 
especially as a black woman in that space, it does sometimes present challenges in mm-hmm. the dating market where, you know, supply if you want to date a black man, man issue, if you want your male counterpart and you mm-hmm. want to be black. Yeah. Um, so how are you coaching women to kind of navigate the experience of maybe dating someone who didn't go to college or just didn't, maybe went to community college or, you know, is a blue collar worker and kind of like how to mold those or mesh those two lives? Because you obviously want someone who can navigate in the circles that you travel in. You don't want, you know, two completely separate, you know, right. lives. Like, I don't want to be around none of your friends because the ratchet I can't do. And then you don't right. want to come around my friends because we bougie. Like, mm-hmm. you want, even if we're different, you want someone who can compatible in some way. So, for sure. Yeah, compatible. So how are you yeah. um, coaching your clients to maybe confront that reality? Yeah. So a part of that, again, is we start at the values level, right? That you're clear about your values and how you show up. And the other thing is some, that you have to be okay with, this may sound weird or sound bad, but training him, right? Like, okay, babe, we're going to this event. I'm going to tell you, this is how things go down. This is how this might happen. And if he is a man that really cares about you, he knows how to follow your lead in that situation. And, um, you know, I'm not saying date no dumb joker, right? So somebody who is really observant and can catch on, you know, can can see. But you, un- he understands that these events that you go to, these circles that you're in, that these people are important and that you want to, you know, make a certain kind of impression. Um, I don't, blue collar or not, I think um, intelligence has no, um, you know, boundaries as far as what work you do. And so I think having a man who is intelligent and then also, like I said, who cares enough about you to make sure that you that you shine. Right. And so he understands that I have a part to play in this, that she shines. And then as far as you being around his friends, it it doesn't. So I'm not saying that you got to go. You probably wouldn't be dating a ratchet dude anyway. You know what I mean? So he may not be making the money that you think he's supposed to make, but you would. I won't now, but. Look, not at this age, right, right, you've grown because we've all had the ratchet. I I must admit, I've been there too. We've (laughs) all had that, but but you understood too in that place that you were out of place. And so you had to decide whether or not you were going to listen to that voice or stay, right? So that's a whole nother thing. Are you going to trust the spirit within you when it raises up and like, "Mm -mm, this this ain't our environment versus your own voice coming forth and just saying, I don't know, because you know, their, their couch sit don't match. You know what I mean? Like those kind of, you know, how we get, or, you know, uh, everybody should have, like we have these things that, you know, everybody house should have, you know, a matching um, place sit. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I mean, so is that something worth not having a relationship over because you think that that's what they have? When y'all get together, that's what you could have. When, you know, y'all get married, then that's, you could set out the place net. So I guess just, really we talk about like what what's the underlying reason for um you feeling the need to control because a lot of times we think we're controlling we become controlling in the relationship especially if we think in some way that we have some upper hand over him and so first can we look at him as a man and as our equal even if he doesn't make the kind of because oftentimes the issue comes around money let's let's be honest it's it's about does he make enough money and uh, to quote unquote hang in our circles and, um, 
you know, if again, if you have a man that cares about you, he's going to make sure that you shine. But then also you got to check your own um, judgments and the stuff that may be coming up for you and ask yourself, why am I, why is this such a big issue for me? And is it something I need to work out or is it something that the relationship is not going to work because it's a non-negotiable for me? And, you know, we, we talk sometimes and we just did about how we have a generation of men who have many of them grown up in a home where they did not come from a two-parent home and they, there was no male role model. They didn't see black love, if you will, kind of mm-hmm. uh, model for them in the home. So, you know, there's that. But then there's also a whole generation of women like me who didn't grow up with fathers in the home. So I didn't grow up seeing that kind of relationship between of, of how a woman's reaction or relationship with a man should be. And, you know, I've been trying to do some self-reflection on myself and I had to like be honest with myself and admit that like my father completely just like not being involved in my life in some way has maybe left some skepticism about men in general, some distrust, sure. possibly maybe a little like this much di- disrespect, like not open, like disrespect, but mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, I ain't asking no man to do that. Ain't no man going to do it. He ain't going to get it right. It ain't going to get done. If I want it done, I got to do it myself or ask a woman like there's this subconscious in my mind that I'm realizing that I need to deal with of just like, I haven't seen in my life men really step up to the plate. And so my interpretation of that is just like, he He ain't going to get it right. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's women out there who are having their own issues from having male, you know, influences in their lives as well. Yeah. I have to work through that stuff. I had to work through that stuff too. Um, Cause my dad was here, but not present. So physically home, but not present emotionally. And then he had um, addiction problems and that was a whole nother issue within our family. And so, uh, and then being raised uh, by mother, but even spending a lot of time with my grandmother who, um, it's so interesting how she was like, you know, you got to honor the man in the house and honor him. But on the same note, on the flip side of that, she. She would say, you know, they don't know nothing. Just, you know, you got to make them think, you know, so that you can get it done and make it happen. You know, and it's kind of like men aren't um, able to to make decisions or, you know what I mean, and, and, and create outcomes that we want. Like, it's better if we just do it. Right. And so I, I had to start re, like un, unlearning some of that thought process because it may not look like the way I want it to look like. It may not get done the way I want it to get done. But is it done? And is he, um, did he give his best? Is he proud of that? And how, how am I going to, I need to be okay sometimes with that's the way he's going to do it. Even though I would probably do it totally different, but it got done. And, um, and then on the flip side, when we do it, we complain, I'm doing everything. I gotta, I gotta carry this relationship. And it's like, well, you're not even allowing him to be a part of the relationship, to give in the relationship. So no, you're so right. We have stuff that we have to deal with um, and, and why we feel a certain, some kind of way when um, you know we're in relationships. Like we ha- we bring our own biases to it. Yeah. For sure. And it's, it's interesting. And I'm sure, you know, like as a coach yourself, like if you go into it thinking that he's not going to get it, he don't know how to do it, he's going to mess it up. You're actually creating that reality that's, all, for yeah. that's what you're creating that by thinking exactly that. yeah because that's all you'll see you'll see every time he messed up because that's yeah. what you're thinking he's always gonna mess it up he's not gonna get it right and that's all you'll notice 
um, I always give this analogy when I'm um, I live kind of in the in the, the the country, if you will. And so we have deer all the time. And so sometimes at night in particular, I'm riding and I'm looking for deer because I don't want to, you know, I want to be on guard if they come running out. And so everything starts looking like deer. The tree limb looks like deer. Somebody mailbox look like deer. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that sign? Is that a deer? Like everything, because I'm so focused on looking for deer. And if we're so focused on whatever it is, like the, um, you know, him messing up in the relationship or I'm waiting on the other shoe to drop because my last relationship was this way. So it started out good, but girl, you know, I don't know. Let me wait and see. And, you know, you wait in six months and he still shows up as the stand up guy he is. And you're still waiting to the point where you start to push him away because he's like, I'm, I'm showing up over and over again as the stand up guy in your life. And you waiting on the other shoe to drop. There is no other shoe that's going to drop. But I'm about to be out because I'm tired of being accused or, you know, being ju- or um, being um, uh, looked at as if I'm doing something wrong or I could do something wrong based on a past relationship. So we have to be careful about what we focus on for sure. There's a lot of healing that we need. Out yes. There yeah. Is. There is. Okay. So now we're going to talk about what might be a little touchy subject, depending okay. on how you think about it. So we talked about values-based relationships and about, um, you know, God being kind of like that foundational relationship that you need sure. and how to apply, you know, the, the Bible to your life. So now, you know, we live in this modern world now and stuff that the modern world says is okay and normal and fine. I know. Uh, so your Bible might have said, if you're not married, mm-hmm. you might not want to be doing all of that. Right. And right. so as grown women, mm-hmm. you know, grown, grown. Okay. Grown, grown. And been there before. <laughs> and, and, and I was going to say, maybe had, uh, bit that apple that right. one twice or ten times. Right. I don't know what you're saying. Hypothetically, right. allegedly. We ain't count. We ain't count. We ain't doing nobody count. count. We ain't doing nobody <laughs> count. Yeah. Um, how how do you how do we you know get to the point where we can be disciplined and you know in control of our bodies as opposed to letting our bodies control us so that we can you know follow the path that has been set so that we can reap the rewards um, mm-hmm. that God wants to to give For us. Sure. How can we bring obedience mm-hmm. into our dating and courting and relationship life? Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. This this comes up quite a bit. Well, part of it is too understanding as women that we control the pace of the relationship, barring that he's a not a jerk or a rapist. We control the pace of the relationship. Understanding that level of power that we've been given, um, I think you know. I always advise people to start off slow. I'm like, coffee over like a set period of time first, like your first date, I really think should be over coffee, over lunch. Like to say, I got an hour, even if you don't have, even if you got more than an hour, just say, I have an hour before I have to be somewhere else, right? So that, so you can have that conversation, it's a set time. If the relationship, if you don't really, you know, kind of click in that time, you don't feel committed to to still then after that, go to go to a movie and whatever the date had been planned, that we were gonna do dinner and a movie, or you, even dinner, if you don't feel it, within the, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, you still at dinner and y'all at dessert, like nobody's talking, it's awkward. So if you say an hour coffee, and then next would be something about lunch and then um, then growing it to dinner and then 
always keeping though the boundaries. Here's the thing. If you are clear about what, um, and I don't mean like when you show up in a relationship, mm -mm, I ain't doing that. This I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. And, you know, I'm living out First Corinthians 7. And that's what it is. Right. And like, that's not what I'm saying. But being clear about I really want us to um, have good footing in our relationship. Um, I want us to be able to connect and communicate in ways that go beyond sex. Because oftentimes when you enter and when sex enters, it, and this has been my experience when I um, was in relationships and sex would be a part of it early on in the relationship, communication would start to go down because we would rely on that connection. And there's, there's so much more, so much deeper what's going to sustain you should you go to the level of marriage. So much more is going to sustain you when you're able to connect and communicate. So both of you all can honor that value. You're going to have a relationship that is rooted on connection and communication where sex is a part of the connection, but it's not the sole purpose, then we'll be fine. We're not going to die. It's not going to shrivel up and you're not going to dry up. Like, you know what I mean? Y'all going to be good for each other. Uh, but having that agreement and having that conversation in a way that honors your values, honors what you want to stand as in your walk with God. Um, and I'm not um, saying that, um, so I'm not, you know, some people like you need to date forever and you know two years or what they I, it, it may not be a long period before you decide to get married if you've gone through that process like there's stages and levels to relationships that i talk about but um i would say that being clear about you know that in the beginning that this is where we want to be and both of you being clear and if he's like well i'll you know you gonna have to help me or whatever and that may be some like little tongue in cheek um i say that because i've heard that you're going to have to help me say, and I'm like, well, I'm going to help us both. And so, um, but understanding that they may, they may say that with, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, but also understanding you do set the pace. And so you can say, no, I'm not, no, we're not doing the, we're not going over each other's house. And they may seem so old fashioned and so antiquated in today's time, but you can still have an amazing conversation and connection out somewhere else instead of, sitting on the couch at home, you could be sitting on the couch at Starbucks or somewhere else, still having that same level of intimate conversation without setting yourself up, you know, and you, some people, you know, they say, I'm grown, I can do whatever you I want to do. And that's true. But if you want a relationship that really honors God, um, you're going to have to set up the boundaries right. and it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy by any means. And I really do feel like in a relationship too, you should be having a struggle staying away from each other because you should be physically attracted to that person. Right. So I'm not one of the people that says, you know, go with somebody who's ugly. You know, it, it may not be Idris Elba. Yeah. But you know, it but might be Eddie, but Eddie feel you, something for the person. Yeah. Some a level of attraction. Yes, I agree. Um and you know I think it's always good to just remember like when you talk about your study time and your prayer time. Um that maybe that's what some of that is for too, to pray for strength, to pray for, you know, perseverance, you know, like God created us, like he knows, like yeah. he understands, like ask for help if you need it. And also understanding that um, God blesses obedience. Like you that's can right. never go wrong. Like there cannot be a bad outcome with obedience. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and having friends check in with, you know, who you check in with, who who are helping you on this journey, who you're walking with, sister friends to 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 help keep you 
grounded in what both of you all have been praying about around relationships. So, yeah, I have a great friend that, you know, we keep each other in check. (laughs) And if a guy's just like, uh, no, we ain't doing that. That's like, well, thank you for being honest. Yeah, I appreciate it. Like, we don't have the same values. And cool. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You know, it might take me 40 to get there. In my 20s, I might have been like, girl. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. One time. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, child. It's funny when you uh, look look back. back Like, (laughs) anybody who is 20 something watching it, yeah, call Time us. Flies. Time call flies. Us. Call Carmen. A better way. <laughs> so I feel like I had maybe one more thing I thought I wanted to ask, but now it's like slipping my memory because we're going on about an hour now. I don't want to carry and hold you over. Um, let's see. What did I have on my agenda here? Okay, so I definitely want you to um, talk about or tell people. Um, you know, where they can find you. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to just talk a little bit more about what it is, what your services are, mm-hmm. um, just so that people know where they can link up with you. Yeah. So um, as we said in the beginning, my, you can find me on all social media at Carmen Connects You, and it's the letter U. And uh, um, my website is CarmenCaldwell.com. Um, you can hit me up on, um, on Facebook and Instagram all the time. So you can you know, as they say, it goes down in the DM. You can send me a message in the DM and we can connect. Um, I offer one-on-one coaching. I do some group coaching. If there's a group of friends that want to get together and we do group coaching, that's available as well. And then I do events and work. Come back. Okay. I don't either. Internet in the, in the boonies. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Are we back? Okay. Sorry about that. Back. I don't know. Um, but, um, I'll just say again that I would love to connect with you. Uh, Carmen Connect You is, you can find me on all my, that's my handle for on my social media and CarmenCaldwell.com is where you can find me online. I do one-on-one coaching, group coaching, workshops around love relationships, and I support um, support you in having a healthy relationship with God, self, and others. And would love to chat with you more about how to connect in those relationships. So reach out. It goes down in the DM. You can see me on um, Facebook. I'm on there quite a bit and uh, Instagram as well. Best places to reach out to me online. Well, I'm so happy <laughs> that you were here. Yeah. Um, before you go, I just have, I want you to fill in um, the blank in this sentence. My light shines when Okay. And so just repeat it and just say my light shines when. Okay. Yeah. My light shines when. Can you start say I'm Carmen Caldwell, you know, relationship coach or whatever. And my light shines when. Okay, sure. So, hey, I'm Carmen Caldwell, relationship coach, inspirational speaker and trainer. My light shines when I show up. She said, if I'm in the room, (laughs) light (laughs) will be shining. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. That's it. Point it. blank, period. Well, I love this. I feel like we had a really great, honest, authentic conversation. Yes. Um, I, think I had a great time. Thank you for having me. And I'm, I'm, shoot, I'm, I'm going to have to maybe schedule me a call or something because, child, I need a coach. Call me up. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, and I really yeah. appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. 
everybody go follow her at Carmen Connects You. And also you can follow um, me at the Glow Code as well. Um, I like to refer to myself as a light coach. You know, I help women bounce back and reclaim their radiance. When you have found yourself in some of the deep and dark, dusty places of life, been there, but you can always bounce back. So you can find me um, That's right. over here. Let me get rid of my uh, page or my face so you can see. Love it. In a couple months or so, we'll do a check-in and, you know, come back and talk again and see, you know, where things are with her and um, with the Glow Code as well. So is there any final thoughts you want to leave people with, Carmen? Um, I just want to say thank you, first of all, thank you for having me on and I appreciate it. But also for you women out there, I want to tell you love is real and it's possible. And, um, you know, don't get caught up in what may be you're experiencing right now and know that there's there's more for you um, in, in life and that there really is love out there and what that looks like. Um, you know, we can talk more about that and how you enter into that, but there is, it's real y'all and it's totally possible. Amen. And also I just wanted to send a shout out to uh, Felicia Kelly at being Felicia Kelly because Carmen and I met at yes. Coaching Christians to Coins about a month ago um, in Atlanta. And it was a great That's event right. of, um, Bible believing women who um, also understand that, you know, we are not called to be borrowers. We are called to be lenders, which means we should be producing something financially. And I met so many um, wonderful women and Carmen was one of them. And she agreed to come on the podcast and she's a woman of her word. So thank you, Felicia, for curating such a great event and making so many wonderful connections. Thank you, Felicia. So thank you. Y'all go follow Felicia too um, at being Felicia Kelly. Um, so I've taken up about 15 yeah. minutes of your time this evening. I thank you so much and let's stay it's in touch. Awesome. Let's keep glowing. All right. Bye. That's right. All right. I love it. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>